Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Legend tells of a ring created by an ancient evil that gave its wearer the power to enslave the world. Would you believe Gandalf and his hobbit and elf friends are 70 years old? Precious. J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy weren't just best-selling books, of course, but later multi-billion dollar grossing films and now a multi-million dollar costing TV series. People obsess about Middle-earth people including Italy's divisive Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney. Maloney's victory has a lot of folks worried because she's set to be Italy's most far-right Prime Minister since Mussolini. Claims to be a big Tolkien fan who used to dress up as a hobbit. It's not just her. Tolkien, oddly enough, has for decades been a cultural icon for Italy's hard right and for fascists. But why? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today, how Italy's hard right claims J.R.R. Tolkien. Hi, Tom. Are you well? Hello, Luke. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Um, this is a cracking story. I was just talking about it with some people this morning, and it's sort of such an interesting oddity. I know, it's it's just a strange kind of cultural blip, yeah. worm, wormhole. I am Tom Kington, I'm the Times Italy correspondent. Do you often get sent to exhibitions in your line of work? Uh, not very often. Not often enough, I imagine. Um, but you did <laughs> go to a press conference in November for a, a, a sort of biggish one, which is uh, opening in Rome. What's it about? Well, this is a, uh, an exhibition about the life of J.R. Tolkien, the well-known British fantasy author. The Italian Ministry of Culture was holding a, a big press conference. It was packed with academics, um, ministry people, politicians, to launch the exhibition, which is now being held at Rome's National Gallery of Modern and Contemporary Art. And for people who've been living under a rock... J.R.R. Tolkien, remind us. Is the author of Lord of the Rings. That's the, the mm. 1950s trilogy about uh, an epic quest 
by a group of hobbits. He takes them across strange lands, encountering strange tribes, not always friendly. And it was, of course, made into a blockbuster series of films, which uh, brought the world back to Tolkien and uh, ma made him a big star again. The ring must be destroyed. Cast back into the fires of Mount Doom. And if I think of Tolkien, I think of sort of an old man sitting in a pub in the centre of Oxford somewhere. How did it come about as an exhibition about him in Italy? Well, um, you could argue that it's par for the course. There have been big exhibitions about Tolkien around the world recently. But this one came with a, with a particular kind of boost from the government. Now, the ministry spent uh, €250,000 on the exhibition, and it opened with a big splash, given that uh, not only did Maloney, Italy's Prime Minister, appear and spend an hour visiting the exhibit before the public was let in. I found the exhibition very complete. As a person who knows the issue pretty well, I found many things I didn't know. It's a very beautiful presentation of Tolkien's works, but also the man. She was uh, part of a group containing four government ministers, cabinet secretary, members of her staff, heads of state TV channels and museums appointed by her government. So it was a real kind of sharabang that, um, that, that anyone who was anyone in Rome was there. So are we to read into that that Giorgio Maloney wanted this to happen, pushed this to happen, or he's just thrilled now it's here? Given the push by the government behind this exhibition, I think uh, it had something to do with Maloney's passion for Tolkien. She, after all, has said in the past, Tolkien raised many of us with his stories, packed with values and meaning, teaching us to believe and to dream. Mm. And, other, and politicians also let on that um, she had a role. One junior culture minister said that uh, the whole thing was done as a favour to the prime minister. And how would we describe George Maloney and her politics both, I guess, in anticipation of her taking office and her campaigning and how it has turned out now she's in office. Well, I think to explain who she is, where she comes from, we have to go right back to uh, the end of the Second World War in Italy, the defeat of fascist dictator Benito Mussolini, which, unlike in Germany, the defeat of fascism didn't lead to the end of fascism. A party was formed after the war called the Movimento Sociale Italiano, the MSI, which kind of mopped up the remaining fascists and they, they became a small party. And young Giorgio Maloney in the 90s was a member of the youth wing of the MSI. And as a teenage activist, she spoke openly about her admiration for the former dictator. I believe Mussolini was a good politician, which means that everything he did, he did for Italy. And then when the MSI evolved, it changed name, it morphed into another party called the National Alliance. And when she formed her own party called the Brothers of Italy, it kind of took on the mantle of the National Alliance. What she's done, however, is um, been very careful to turn her back on that fascist heritage. She's repeatedly said that um, she has nothing to do with fascism. The Italian right has handed fascism over history for decades now, unambiguously condemning the suppression of democracy, 
and the ignominious anti-Jewish laws. Uh, she's now a straightforward, modern, conservative politician. So certainly we've seen that, that transformation. And on the political spectrum, where would we put her then? I'd go with hard right. Which, oddly, brings us back to J.R.R. Tolkien. Where does he and his stories and the worlds he created mesh into that hard-right background that you're describing of Georgia Malonium and people like her? Mm. Let's go back to the 1970s, um, which is when Tolkien became a kind of iconic author for the young hard right wingers in Italy. We're talking about an era known as the years of lead. There was an extreme polarization of politics. So you had a very powerful communist party, then you had strident right wingers, and the whole thing was tinged with political violence. Now, what, what you have then is a polarization of culture as well. Everything gets claimed by the left or the right. And Tolkien was claimed by the right. There were a couple of reasons why this happened. One was that the Italian edition of Lord of the Rings had an introduction written by an Italian writer who called the Lord of the Rings a sort of tribute to Christian tradition. Then the work was picked up and promoted heavily by an underground right-wing publication at the time. So therefore, it was kind of landing in the laps of, of young right-wingers. If you want to then look at some of the themes and how they could be sort of taken on board by the right, you've got things like the idea that it was a, a the Lord of the Rings is about tradition versus modernity. It's about a small tribe fighting with its backs to the wall, much like the young right wingers at the time thought they were. It's also about, if you like, according to them, it's also about a kind of inter-ethnic struggle. You've got these warring tribes, which played into the idea of the very sort of nationalist ideals of the right at the time. What's interesting about the idea of Tolkien really spurring this belief in your roots, your national identity, is how one of the phrases from his books, deep roots are not reached by the frost, had subsequently become a sort of catchphrase for the hard right in Italy. And how did it present itself in terms of the real world, that this appreciation or this interest of what Tolkien was writing about? I mean, this wasn't just hard right people reading this excitedly by themselves, was it? No. We got to the point where the, the popularity of The Lord of the Rings triggered uh, a series of summer camps held outside Rome. Um, so yeah, campfires, guitars, people reading The Lord of the Rings. These camp hobbits were held between 1977 and 1981. There was even uh, a rock band called the uh, Compagnia dell'Anello, the Fellowship of the Ring, which played to people who turned up at, at the camps. And What's interesting is that amongst the right today in Italy, people who are frequently in government, to be able to say that you attended uh, one of these camp hobbits is, you know, a sort of badge of honour. It's a bit like saying I was at Woodstock, but, um, <laughs> but slightly different. And this is something that Maloney did. 
Well, she came along a bit later. But what's interesting is that by the time she was a teenager, so we're talking about the the 1990s, the fact that she discovered the books and, and really went for them and became such a huge fan shows how that culture of Tolkien was still sort of surging through the veins of the hard right in Italy uh, a couple of decades later. I mean, when she was a kid, it got to the point where she would like to dress up as one of the characters in uh, The Lord of the Rings, Samwise Gamgee, who, for anyone who's not read the books, was uh, Frodo Baggins' gardener and best friend. And uh, she and her mates would dress up as these characters to entertain local kids in their neighbourhood in Rome. And she's kind of had that devotion to Tolkien ever, ever since. So when she was elected Italian Prime Minister last year, for example, her sister Ariana, who was also at the exhibition recently, likened them to two Hobbit characters, Samwise Gamgee and Frodo Baggins. And in her autobiography, which was published just before she came to power, she wrote, he was only a Hobbit, a gardener, but without him, Frodo would never have carried out his mission. So she hasn't sort of given up on this on this absolute devotion. And uh, that, I think, is worth noting as a background to this exhibition. And why is it still nodded to by people like her? Is it, I don't know, is it signalling to other people who also have this strange hard right Tolkien connection that I'm one of you? I mean, what's it actually doing? Or is it just a genuine interest that she just bangs on about like, you know, you might do about the Spice Girls? I see possibly ideas that they have taken from the book filtering through now into their policies, what now they're in government. So, for example, if you look at Maloney's distrust of multiculturalism, that could be inspired by The Lord of the Rings. If you look at her harking back tradition, you know, think about her catchphrase. I'm a woman, I'm a mother, um, I'm a Christian. Then also, if you think about um, her distrust of multinational companies, which is quite interesting, you know, when you look at this government's decision to, for example, go out of its way to ban meat made in laboratories. Giorgio Meloni's government proposed fines of more than $65,000 for violators, positioning themselves as the defenders of agriculture and a Mediterranean diet. This government here in Italy has said this is some kind of nasty trick being played by multinationals who want to deprive Italians of their Italian meat. So it's sort of strange manifestations of a, a sort of culinary nationalism, which all seems to come from Maloney's strong views on national identity, which you could argue are derived from her youthful reading of Tolkien. And is this still, you say all of this sort of started in the sort of youth movement of this kind of politics. Is that still the case now? Are there young people on the hard right who are absolutely rollicking through Lord of the Rings and and making all these connections as well? I think that the the, the kind of glory days of Tolkien being read by the hard right in Italy were the 1970s. I haven't noticed a huge revival in Tolkien amongst right-wing youth today, but um, who knows? Let's let's see what happens. Coming up, why the right is being accused of trying to take over culture, and has it worked before? That's in a moment. (laughs) 
This weekend, Time subscribers can catch the latest episode of Inside the Newsroom. It's our behind-the-scenes series on Apple Podcasts. It's just for subscribers, and you'll find it on the Stories of Our Times feed. Go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts to find out more. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Tom, we started this chat by talking about this new exhibition in Rome, which the, the government has part-funded, which, as you were telling us, George Maloney, the Prime Minister, and, and some of the senior people were there on the opening before the public to get a, a long first glimpse at it. Do we know what the exhibition actually includes, and is it just a straight-up look at Tolkien and, and his works, or is it also linking it to these kind of hard-right political philosophies? At the press conference before the exhibition, what was interesting is how Culture Minister Gennaro San Giuliano denied that it was a pet project of Maloney's. He pointed out, quite reasonably, that Maloney had also given her support to an exhibition about 20th century Italian Marxist philosopher Antonio Gramsci. So that was his way of saying, you know, don't pin us down to Tolkien. It's it's not just Tolkien. Um, However... Um, He did also say at the time that he thought Tolkien was an emblematic figure for the right in Italy. He said Tolkien, according to him, was a, quote, authentic and sincere conservative who'd battled to conserve human values. Hmm. Um, He said that uh, Tolkien's defence of those values was crucial today because society, he said, was trying to reduce people to barcodes, which I found really interesting because that echoed Georgia Maloney's ideas about multinational companies stripping Italians of their national identities and turning them into sort of mindless consumers. Furthermore, at the opening of the show, up popped Ignazio La Russa. He is the Senate Speaker in Italy, and he's the co-founder of Brothers of Italy, Maloney's party. And he said... The battle between good and evil, with a big divide between them, is not something left-wing. 
So he was clearly therefore saying that Lord of the Rings, with this epic betrayal of the clash between good and evil, was fundamentally a right-wing business. I would add that Larusa is a veteran of those old camp hobbits. He's a bit older than Maloney. Yes. I'm always confused when you say camp hobbits. I think of something completely different, but no, that the camps that people <laughs> attended in which in which they talk about hobbits. Um, you mentioned one person there saying that Tolkien was a, was a, quote, authentic conservative. I mean, I don't know much about Tolkien and, and his politics. Is that is that a fair comment? Do we know what he would make of people from Brothers of Italy co-opting his work? I think that uh, you can get out of Tolkien what you want. I found a quote from British science fiction Michael Moorcock, who's described Tolkien as a crypto-fascist. But at the same time, Tolkien himself loathed Adolf Hitler, calling him, I quote, a ruddy little ignoramus. We also have to remember that um, over the years, Lord of the Rings has been favoured reading by hippies during the Vietnam War, hippies in the US chanted that the Pentagon was like Mordor, which is the evil realm in the book. So mm. it's, it's, really, it's, it's really been picked up and used by whoever you want. When I was at the press conference for the exhibition, I was approached by um, an Italian professor of Latin at Oxford University. He had overheard San Giuliano saying that Tolkien was a conservative author, and he disagreed. He said he's, he's more of an anarchist in his opinion. He was there because Oxford University had, had lent a hand in the setting up of the show. Mm. He was very keen to point out this idea that the exhibition was straightforward, no politics involved. And I think that was seized upon by people in the government who said, look, you know, this is just a show that we are presenting this, this literary phenomenon on its own merits. We're not here to try and twist it out of context. But still, I imagine there's a bit of disquiet from people on the opposite end of the political spectrum from Maloney to all of this and, and how some people around her are, are spinning this. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a man called Sandra Watolo, who is cultural uh, spokesman for the opposition. He said that the exhibition was all part of a, a bid by the Italian government to hop on and control cultural institutions in Italy. He also cited other examples of managers being handpicked by the government to take up senior positions at uh, RAI, which is the Italian state TV network, and other museums around Italy. So, you know, he suggested that Tolkien was a sort of the battering ram being used by the Maloney government to start a full-scale takeover of Italian culture. Mm. And if it's the case, as you said, that there's nothing new in people politicising the Lord of the Rings, whether you're a Maloney or a hippie, is there anything new in the Italian government trying to control cultural institutions or influence what is happening in the culture, potentially for political ends? Not at all. I think it's part of a proud tradition of Italian politics if we think back to years gone by when the Italian state TV channels run respectively by the Christian Democrats, the Socialists and the Communists, you get an idea of how close politics has always been to culture and broadcasting in Italy. In the years that Silvio Berlusconi was running Italy, however, things were slightly different insofar as he had his own TV channels. He built Italy's biggest commercial TV network, and manipulated it towards infotainment, using it to further his political career. 
And I think he was slightly less interested in taking over museums, exhibitions, all that kind of high end of the cultural spectrum, because he, I think he was just not very interested in it. You know, he was more focused on TV shows, dancing girls, quiz shows, that kind of thing. So you could argue that the Maloney government has now come on the scene and has said, OK, we're right wing. And actually, we do have ideas about culture. San Giuliano, the culture minister, interestingly said, the right has culture. It just needs to express it. And going back to your idea about governments controlling culture, I would add this, however, in 2009, when Berlusconi was in power, there was a rather ham-fisted attempt by the right wing in Italy to get into the cinema scene, hmm. a film was made called Barbarossa with the uh, very energetic backing of the, the Northern League Party, which was in government with Berlusconi at the time. Now, Barbarossa was about the eponymous 12th century German Holy Roman Emperor who tried and failed to subdue Northern Italy. So this was a, an awful film. But it does show that uh, even under the Berlusconi years, the right did try and get into that kind of culture. It was a horrible failure. I don't think it made any money at all, despite lots of government subsidy being pumped into it. And uh, perhaps Tolkien is, is the right in Italy having another stab now, trying to get it right second time round. But also the Tolkien is a little less approaching these things head on, isn't it? It seems a bit esoteric on the face of it. I just wonder, are there, are there any other things like the Lord of the Rings that are, are a, a cultural touchstone for the hard right as well? Or is, does this stand out? I think we'll, we'll have to wait and see now. Interestingly, um, San Giuliano has already said that he believes that uh, Italy's national poet, Dante Alighieri, was the founder of right-wing thinking in Italy. That uh, drove left-wing academics absolutely berserk. Um, so uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, uh, Dante is the way to go next. And just very finally, Tom, in your, in your best, most beautiful Italian, what is The Lord of the Rings? Il Signore degli Anelli. Beautiful. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Luke Jones, and my guest, Italy correspondent for The Times, Tom Kington. You can find all of Tom's work at thetimes.co.uk if, if you have a subscription. And if you enjoyed this, you can listen back to Tom's full profile on George Maloney. It's a previous episode we did. Or you might like his account of how the Mafia's last real-life godfather was finally caught. We'll put links to both in the episode notes. The producers were Sam Chantarasak and Sharon Hussein. The executive producer was Kate Ford. And sound design was by Hannah Varrell. If you have a story you think we should be covering, maybe you have an idea for a future episode, or maybe you've got some comments or compliments or criticisms about what you've just heard, email us anytime, storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.